Welcome to another episode of The Den Tapes. I'm your host, Tony, so go ahead, sit back, relax, and let's see if we can give you a case of the heebie-jeebies. This week's episode will contain some content of a graphic nature. Listener discretion is advised. Today's story is called A Few Days Ago, 30 Years From Now. It wasn't all that talked about at first. In its infancy, it was nothing more than billionaire tech bros playfully arguing publicly over who had money to engineer it. I'm referring to time travel, of course. The idea became the next hot topic after we realized there was no feasible way of getting a group of people out to Mars without a giant class war brewing. So, as a clever way to redirect and divide the population... Sending people back in time was a hot new debate. Who thought this shit was actually possible? Clearly, we had seen it in movies or we drunkenly dabbled with friends in the realms of what we would do given the chance if we could go back. Spinning wild tales, stopping wars, beating the shit out of old childhood bullies, picking the winning lottery numbers, stealing expensive pieces of art or cars, or my favorite interrupting a bank robbery and taking all the cash for yourself. But this, what it actually turned out to be, is nowhere near as cool and hip. You can trust me on that. Nor is it as entertaining as the movies always explained it to be. It's just simply another thing we can do now, like we can drive an electric car or fly in a plane or compute email and take calls on a device not much bigger than a credit card. As humans, we're always innovating. These days, we've just become accustomed to it all, I guess. What started out as genetic linear time stamping, GLTS for short, was massively marketed as not time travel. But we all knew what it was. It was fucking time travel, wasn't it? In the early years, it was not the basis of every discussion during the morning commute after CNN had covered it during peak viewership the night before. It was never breaking news. Hell, it took years, better half of a decade actually, to make its mark on the world. Much like everything innovative today, it was a massive tech project that cut its teeth as a startup. The kind of story we had heard so many times before. You see, Four young interns at Tesla met two brooding DNA specialists during a chance encounter at a bar in San Francisco. It wasn't until Tesla's legal team found out what the hell was going on that it became all you could see while scanning your social media accounts. For the majority of us, all we read about was how lawyers from both sides were requiring everybody involved to remain tight-lipped about the whole goddamn ordeal. 
Once the uh, technological advancements of GLTS were deemed public record, though, the biggest global entertainment group decided time travel would be a better prize for a lottery than any amount of money could be. The amount of money spent on the lottery tickets, timestamp entries is what they called them, was used to fund their own version of GLTS specialist teams. My mother, the sweet woman that she is, bought me a timestamp entry for my 50th birthday. I was astonished when I got the confirmation email, text, direct and personal messages on all platforms, and of course the phone call. All this happened while I was watching an old friend perform her songs at a bar downtown. I hated rushing out of her show like that, but it was what I needed at the time, exactly what I needed. It was perfect timing to be frank. I found myself in a bit of a pickle, so literally disappearing for a couple of days was just what the doctor had ordered. If you're wondering what kind of hole I had dug myself into, let's just say that yet again, I took the advice of a stranger I met in some bar back when I was just a kid. Advice that I adhere to. Advice that keeps the darker side of myself, you know, we'll call him satisfied. I barely remember what that man looked like, but I live by his mantra to this day. Time's up before the clock starts ticking if all you do is overthink. Basically, you know, carpe diem sees the day. No better time than now, no better place than here. You get the drift, right? Isn't it kind of strange how there are people in our lives that day in and day out serve no other purpose than to help us exist, while others can make such an impact in just a few seconds, a minute, or a single day that can affect us for the rest of our lives. That guy was the latter for me. Yeah, hell, if it weren't for him, I don't think I'd be half as good at the thing I love doing because I would have never done it in the first place if he hadn't told me to grab the bull by the horns and live life to the fullest. But hell, let's get back to this time travel shit, shall we? Okay, you see, the four interns and the two DNA specialists had created an intricate way to recode a person's DNA by taking the approach of writing lines of code much like you would in a computer's metadata, but with what makes someone human. Rather, what made them the singular human being they had been up to the point of being genetically lineated and time-stamped. Each time they had a breakthrough, they'd send one of themselves back to that fateful night in some San Francisco dive bar to go over the details of their findings with their younger selves. Not only did it work as a viable way to test their theories, but it also created a way for them to speed up their timeline by jumping back to the source. And that's exactly how it ended up working. You can only travel back. You can only go back to a time that has already happened for you personally. No traveling forward or no visiting Rome before the fall of Caesar. You can only go see your granny before she passed away or go back to that night when you should have fucked your high school crush in their 20s after running into him at the mall during Christmas shopping while home for the winter break. At least, you know, not yet. For now, there are no other paths for us to take, you know, in this time travel thing. What they told us was not time travel. 
The genetic recoding only allows for a human to exist as two separate ages at the same time for only a few days. Massive structural deformation occurs after 72 hours. It usually begins with symptoms similar to food poisoning, you know, just a upset tummy, vomiting, and really big headache. But before you know it, the bones begin to twist, muscles become atrophic, skin becomes gelatinous. You get the picture, it's a real fucking mess recalling somebody that's been in the past for more than the allotted 72 hours. You know, there are zero answers as to why this occurs. We just know that it does. Of course, that was all figured out by trial and error. There are only three of the original six creators left. One of those poor Tesla interns had to watch her older self melt like the Wicked Witch of the West before the skin and bone puddle she had just become disappeared into the ether of time. As you probably figure, there's a strict rule now that no one can be lineated for more than 65 hours. For the lottery winnings, you only get 48 hours. Not enough time to plan art heists or rob banks or strategically kill anyone. You also don't get to choose what time in your life you get to go back to. A sneaky part of the lottery hidden in the fine print that no one reads. Some people have landed in the middle of their glory days, while others wound up right smack dab back in the middle of their work week a few days prior. For as much as they assure us it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Sure doesn't seem like they know their heads from their assholes once the trip starts to roll. Or maybe those tech bro billionaires like to have it that way just for their own entertainment. Waiting for a traveler to return and listen to them bitch about how all they did was have lunch with themselves at the same sandwich shop they ate at on Thursday the week before, after a rigorous afternoon of inventory. However, the rules are pretty simple. You basically just have to abide by the same laws you do here in this time and you can't alter the future. Hell, that's been attempted so many times already. Each time, it was proven that no matter how hard you try to infringe upon the now, shit still turns out the same way. As for me, that's why I'm here now, with my younger self teaching him all the things you know he should avoid. Won't do him any good, though. He's pretty pissed fucking drunk right now. Plus, he doesn't believe me. I come off as some distant relative that just happens to know a lot about the family. Now I remember how cool I thought I was back then. Back then, here now. Hell, I know it's fucking my mind up as well. But here we are, the two of me, sitting in a bar and it's nearing 1 a.m., you also don't get to choose what time of day you magically appear in the past. Lucky me, I landed outside my old watering hole, right as freshly 21-year-old me is shit-faced, about to down the final shot of whiskey before, you know, I, he, stumbles home. But something about this night feels tremendous. I know it's important somehow. I can feel it. But I cannot, for the life of me, Recall why. I don't remember loving whiskey so goddamn much, but apparently I did at one point. Then again, the path I have traveled since my younger years has been full of so much random excitement that it's making it hard for me to remember the smaller things like cheap whiskey in some dive bar. Or that girl that keeps talking to him. Ah, oh, man, what was her name? 
Shit, I'm trying, but I can't remember her name at all right now. Oh, wait, 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 hold on. It's coming back now. Ah, there it is. Well, shit, I know why this night feels so heavy now. I remember what we do to her and her face being plastered all over social media when she didn't turn up at work for the third day in a row. I don't see him, either, the stranger. You know, I'm not 100% sure this is the night we crossed paths. Maybe it was the second time when I took the plunge into my deepest desires of maniacal deviance that the man I based my entire alter ego off of comes into the light while I'm smoking a cigarette outside of this very bar. The man that helped me figure out this whole dark, violent side of myself by just muttering a couple words, you know, uplifted me with a phrase. Maybe he shows up later, but I'm almost certain. Yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm almost positive now that it is this night because I still have that damn shirt younger me is wearing. It sits in a drawer in a dresser I open every day to relieve each life I have taken in order to feel alive myself. I never take anything of theirs. That's, that's just too damn risky. I never understood the whole trophy aspect of the post-killing ritual. I always stash away something I was wearing when I killed them. It's much safer that way. That damn shirt still has a faint blood stain in the white print of that unmistakable misfit skull. Man, you know what? It's all starting to come back to me now. And as much as most people that do what I do love rehashing the excitement of their first victim, shit, man, I don't think I can muster it tonight. Maybe this is a good thing. It's making me want to just knock my younger self over the head and take him home so none of this shit ever happens to begin with. You know, maybe I should stop all this before it even begins, right? Letting time run out before the clock even starts ticking. But alas, I was warned not to dabble in trying to change the course of time. You know what, fuck it. I'm not sticking around to watch this kid sloppily take my first victim's life. I'm only here for a small portion of time and my stomach just growled. And you know what? My favorite place to grab a late night burger shut down a few years ago. But right now, where and when I am, it's raging during its heyday. So I'm gonna get out of here and leave my younger self drooling over the girl he's going to eventually massacre later. Man, my heart aches as I look back at the bar. You know, I desperately want to change the course of my life. It's as if this is a punishment for never getting caught. A roundabout way the universe has doubled back upon me, forcing me to watch how I let myself get taken down the darkest pathway any human can navigate. Hmm. You know what? That burger is sounding better and better the more I let the idea of self-inflicted judgment bounce around in my head. While I watch my past play out in front of me, I just can't knock that craving for a good burger. Burger place, you know, it ain't too far from here. Fuck it. I'm getting one last burger from that spot while I can. The smell of the tiny little diner tucked away into a busy alleyway downtown jars me with nostalgia. The cook thinks he recognizes me, even calls me by my name. This is something the GLTS team told me 
sometimes happens. A flash of a future memory, a glitch in the framework of time. See, because here's the thing. The cook, he does know me pretty damn well, actually. But not right now. Not in this time. In about four years, I end up being one of his Tuesday night regulars. I stroll in about 3 a.m. after I finish off whoever I chose to end that night. He watches as I devour that half-pound burger and that basket full of fries. He even refills my Coke a few times. And he always sees me off with a smile. But, as of right now, he should not know who I am. He also doesn't know in about 13 years he is going to have a massive heart attack right where he is standing. And he doesn't survive the night. I want to tell him to start taking care of himself, but of course that's something I can't do. Even if I did, hell, I think he'd think I was batshit crazy, right? So I just sit down quietly, reminiscing about all the late night cheeseburgers I've had over the years. The years to come. The years that are somehow simultaneously behind me and ahead of me. After a few refills and the last of my meal, I can't help but feel drawn back to my younger self. The feeling of a lifetime's worth of remorse hits me like a ton of bricks and I can barely breathe. You know what, I gotta go stop him. I have to get back to him before everything begins with that anger-filled headbutt I give that poor girl after she turned away from a drunken attempt at kissing her. I have to not let myself be mystified by the blood that pours from her nose, wanting to see more of it. So I catch my breath and I walk briskly back the seven blocks to the bar. Thankfully, there he is, standing outside with a group of people smoking cigarettes. I hang back, hoping he was the last one to light up so I can catch him alone. A few minutes pass, and sure enough, the crowd returns inside while he has most of a cigarette left. Before I do this, I really need to consider how stern the GLTS team was about trying to not alter the future. I run through the mental rolodex of all my victims, making sure that this is the night that I did take my first life. But I have to tell you, at 51 years of age, my memory isn't exactly what it used to be. I'm positive there will be a couple detectives waiting for me when I return to the time I'm supposed to reside in. I'm sure of it. The two suits that came and saw me a few days ago, 30 years from now, all but had me penned for the murder of a mechanic that had gone missing. With my memory not being as sharp as it used to be, I made a slop job out of the disposal of that poor man's body. They didn't confirm that they had my DNA, but they sure as hell implied they did. Part of me knows if I miss my timestamp and stay here, I'll just turn into some gelatinous bone soup and there's something kind of appealing about that. A justified end to this horrible life of murderous entanglement I have led. The victims being vindicated by such a painful, tumultuous ending of the man that took their lives kinda has a whimsical allure now, don't it? Well, sounds like I've made my mind up. I'm oddly at peace while I watch my younger self take drag after drag off that cigarette, the smoke flowing freely in the light of that neon bar sign. 
It's worth a try. Hell, if anything can change, even though they told me no matter how hard I tried, the future wouldn't budge. I have to at least give it a good old college try. Upwards of 30 lives will be spared if I do this. So, I stroll up to myself, the drunk, dazed, and swirling with a mixture of angst and flirtation kid I once was. Hell, he still thinks he has a chance to hook up with her. I catch him off guard as he's peering into the bar window, longingly at that girl. This all seems vaguely familiar, but the memory is hazy. Like I'm trying to see my past on a disrupted cable channel on a tube TV back in the 90s. Hell, this further proves how fucking old I have gotten. I sit across from him on the bench, ask him politely if I could bum a cigarette. He scowls at me, but finally he gives in. I remember that about myself. I hated when people would bum smokes off of me. Well, he hands it to me and recognizes me slightly from earlier in the night. He asks me how I know him again. Tells me I look like some distant cousin of his daddy's. I shush him as I light the cigarette he just gave me. The smoke got in my eyes as I let out the initial drag. He and I both winced, but I don't think he realized what had just happened. But I knew what happened. You see, he and I are linked by nothing more than time itself. He experienced that sensation because I experienced that sensation. This is also something else the GLTS team told me could happen. So I pat the bench next to me and tell him to get comfy. He makes a joke and at the same time I'm assuring him he has nothing to worry about. I say, don't worry, I am not trying to fuck with you. Better not be trying to fuck with me, old man, he says in the same instance. I look into the bar and I see the girl sitting there. She glances over and smiles at him. Whew, she really is some, ain't she? Now I remember why we were so head over heels for this girl. That smile alone could make anyone melt. I sit back and lay my head on the back of the bench and let out a big old cloud of smoke. Taking in a deep breath, I hunch forward and begin my speech. Listen here, kid. Your life changes tonight. Sometimes in the next few hours, you make a decision that is going to alter the entire course of your life. Robbing you of a simple future that you could easily have. That girl in there, she wants nothing to do with you. Trust me. She's just being nice to you because she secretly wants to bang your friend, Joe. Ooh, man, that memory came in like a flashbang going off. Her quickly ducking out of the way when I try to kiss her, telling me she doesn't like me like that, that she has feelings for Joe. Good old Joe. That's what sent me into the rage that caused me to headbutt her. Well, anyway, I continue telling the kid, trust me when I tell you this. It's time. Close out your tab. Go home. Jump on the next bus. And just sleep this night off. Because if you don't, a lot of people will be affected by what you choose to do, by what you choose to run from, and by the person you choose to become. He just laughs at me. I can tell he gets it, at least maybe a little bit. He rebuts with telling me how he has been in love with that girl for over a year. I tell him I don't give a rat's ass because clearly she's had eyes for Joe this whole time. And if he don't believe me, he was going to find out later tonight for himself anyway. He smirks and says, 
you know, there's this other girl. She ain't much of a looker, but totally has a thing for me. I wonder if she feels the same shit I'm feeling right now every time I blow her off. But, you know, we both say simultaneously, don't want to be the guy who fucks the building weirdo. Another flashbang of a memory. Tori, the girl who lived down the hall from me when I had my second apartment in the heart of Midtown. Always slyly flirting with me on the elevator. Me always telling her I'd come over and listen to records, knowing damn well I didn't intend to. Oh man, what younger me doesn't know is that Tori ends up becoming a pretty well-known musician. Putting out a few records that launched an impressive singer-songwriter career. See, she was the one on stage that night when I had to rush out of the bar when I found out I had won the GLTS lottery. So I tell him, you know, he should give Tori a chance. Ah, he shakes his head with confusion and asks, How did you know her name was Tori? I play it off as if he had told me already, which, you know, he believes. I was a pretty dopey drunk back then. Hell, I probably believed just about anything anybody told me. He asked me where I'm from. I tell him I'm just visiting and that he'd probably never see me again. He made a smug but affirming face and nodded like he understood. He may have gotten a flash of a future memory and ignored it by convincing himself he was just drunk. Feeling like I had done what I could to change my future, this mopey, drunk kid's future, I stand up and give myself a handshake. I couldn't help but tell the kid that he should let Tori play guitar for him one night. I own her first record. Well, back in the future, I own her first record. She gifted it to me when I went to see her play for the first time, and I have to tell you, when she handed it to me, I could have kicked myself in the ass for never going over to her apartment and listening to records. She is one hell of a lyricist, and you know what? She turned out to be ahead of the curve with her style. What I used to think was weird looking is now all the rage back in the future. He then admits that he does have a small crush on her. This is most likely a flicker of the future memory because I was just sitting here thinking about her the same way. We both smile and I tell him to get on out of here. You know, that he should forget the girl sitting inside at the bar because she just wants to win over Joe's heart. That if he doesn't jump on Tori, some other guy will and he'll regret it for the rest of his life. You know what? I should, uh, use one of my favorite lines from one of Tori's songs. So I look at him and I tell the kid, if he doesn't take his chance now, Time won't be up before the clock even starts ticking. That was always one of my favorites of hers. Then I add my own advice on top of it to stop thinking so damn hard and just get himself home. He nods at me, pats me on the upper arm and says, You know what, old man, you're right. And he chuckles. Before he turns to go back inside the bar, he stops at the door and shakes his finger at me. You know, the way that people do when they are overly excited to be in agreement with you. I feel good as I start walking away. God damn it, I can't shake the feeling. Deep down. I really hope he doesn't kill that girl tonight. Today's story was Tracked. Scored, mixed, and mastered at the Great Divide Den. I thank you for listening and 
Look forward to seeing you again next week for another case of the Hebe Jeebies. <laughs> <laughs>